0: Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit, where we take a sideways look at modern business, talking to founders and entrepreneurs about the problems they face and how they solve them or not. I am Andy Ori and alongside me is my co-host, Hibba Sturt. Hi, Andy. Hello. Now, with that being said, our guest this week is Dan Ibsen, Managing Director of Pink Vision. That's pink with a C, very important. Uh, this company started life in the Netherlands. It is a trade compliance regulator tech solution. So basically, it deals in logistics and compliance and all the regulation that surrounds it, things like fun things like VAT and uh, duty and all of that. And you may have noticed we had Brexit, which basically means we're in a land of shitty paperwork these days. So there we go. Um, He grew up in Denmark and has worked in a raft of countries from Sierra Leone, the Netherlands, Canada, now recently in the UK after getting a visa thanks to Brexit. Uh, He also works at Uber Uber, poor man. And at some point, he studied at Harvard. So we are in good company, indeed. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, tell us what's going on right now. You've just come here, and what? Setting up a UK company, are you?
1: Yeah. So we established the company at the beginning of 2021, but due to lockdown and and all that COVID no, stuff, was
0: going anywhere?
1: No. So it was working remotely for the first six months, um, and then. We started the visa application um, in in the summer of last year. And thanks to Brexit, that took uh, another six months.
0: <sighs> and um, <laughs> tell us a little more about Pink Vision then. I just explained it incredibly badly, so I do a better job.
1: <laughs> Pink Vision is a trade compliance company um, focusing on regtech, so regulatory technology solutions. So we help multinationals um, with their VAT intrastats, we cover environmental obligations. We cover uh, export documents and then customs and supply chain. Um, so help companies meet the obligations, the filing requirements in all the jurisdictions that they're operating in. And um, trying to take the trade compliance worry away from them so they can focus on driving the business rather than, than reporting and, and meeting national obligations.
2: So do you do ESG in general or is it just environmental?
1: Just environmental. So we focus on um, batteries and packaging specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's... Reporting when you bring batteries into a to a country, yeah. uh, it could be um, all these e-bikes and e-scooters that we see around the city.
2: Um,
0: everywhere.
1: Everywhere. Oh
0: yeah, the ba- the, ba- the, the batteries you need to pavement. declare. They're dangerous. Is that is that why? Is it?
1: So they're dangerous goods when when they come into the country. But you need to in in most jurisdictions in Europe, you need to file how many units you have and how many batteries you have because all of them are going to have spare batteries. So if you have a thousand scooters, you maybe have thirteen to fifteen hundred batteries. Why
0: why do you need to tell people that
1: do you know um, the authorities need to make sure that those batteries are disposed of correctly.
0: This is one of my pet hates, okay? Batteries where would you fucking put them? I've looked into this, mm-hmm. by the way. Put you're not supposed bin. to put... No, you're not supposed to. And and it's like, I know, you know, I do a little bit of science and I'm like, I know what the fuck is in these. These are some serious metals and probably valuable too. And you can't put them in the recycling. And then you look up and you're supposed to dispose of them. You're supposed to drive to the uh, proper recycling place and they have a special battery. The other place you can take the batteries is some garages. Will yeah, accept lots batteries. of shops
2: have those like... Towers where you can drop the batteries in. They do. Occasionally,
0: you see a shop that does Boots have the yeah. Okay. Top tip: go to Boots. But I mean, always go to Boots. Love Boots. But they come and go these batteries, and you're just like, what the fuck? So what? On a bigger scale, they're actually tracking them. Then
1: they are so tracking sort of how much gets into a country, so they know how much they eventually have to break down. Um, because when... It's uh, all in
0: landfill. I when, mean, a, a hell of a lot of it's in landfill, but carry yeah, on. So. If
1: Curry sells you a laptop, that's been registered with a recycling scheme somewhere in the world that covers that battery.
0: So basically you could do a spreadsheet in a couple of years' time showing how much is in landfill, basically, that we don't know where it is anymore. That's the sort yeah, of theory.
1: you can see how much has been brought in, and then based on what you've recycled, you can see probably what's, what's left, what's still alive in uh, in, in where you are.
0: Well, getting, getting back to the beginning, um, so you ended up managing director of a very nice um, Dutch company in the UK, in London, with your visa. Sorry about that. Uh, where, what was your first proper job? So
1: I was thinking about that, how I should put it. So my first real job, aside from Paperboy, was I worked in, the, in a supermarket butcher back before I went to Canada. So it was back in 98, 99.
2: What, like with a big cleaver? Chopping things up.
1: No, we dealt with a uh, mince, a meat mincing machine, you so popped. we made and you meat. And
0: you've got both hands, so. Yeah, Ten fingers success. still. So you, yeah. That was what you used to make mince meat, basically. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. didn't do any no big cleavers. No, but we, just generally have big cleavers. They do. But know. we were in a, all a sort beaver. of TV
2: adaptations. Yeah. So they always have. A big we were fifteen,
1: cleaver. so we were just assistants and and doing the the meats while they were you pushed a button and then it did it for you.
0: So, oh, uh, typical D- bloody Danes, isn't it? Efficiency. Not good enough for you, the crank <laughs> handle, eh? Um, okay, very good. Did you did you like that?
1: Um, it was good fun. It was better than being on a bike j- delivering um, adverts for, for people's mailboxes in, in the rain that they threw out anyway. Yeah. So uh, so that was good. As I came back from Canada, I did uh, some work in a bookstore while I was studying. Uh, and then my first proper job in, in the line of career that I have now was uh, a logistics trainee uh, where I started back in 2004. In the Netherlands? In Denmark. In Denmark? Yeah.
0: What's Denmark's big port? Has it got a big port? Um, must do it's on the sea
1: yeah Uh, I think Aarhus and and Copenhagen are the two main ports ports. Um, Copenhagen obviously the biggest uh, port and airport I think Uh, Aarhus big for the for the port and then Aarhus Aarhus I like that That's a large uh, university city. Very, very nice place. Is it? Yeah.
0: Okay, it's not like... uh, What's the Belgian port, which is like... uh, Uh, Antwerp. Antwerp, not great, apparently. Mind you, Belgium, if you ever drive through uh, Europe, apparently it's to do with where the road goes through Belgium, but the road from sort of Paris to... Or the road that you get across and drive up to Amsterdam... You just, for a while, you're like, where the fuck are we? This is awful. And that's Belgium. And unfortunately, it's just an unfortunate <laughs> okay. place. It you've got...
2: just upset every Belgian No, Belgians we know what we're talking about.
0: I had a, Bel- I, uh, I, yeah, anyway, we discussed it with the Belgians. Anyway.
2: Biggest failure fuck-up and what you've learned from it?
0: I think in
1: a role before Uber, two, two roles before, I had my contract uh, terminated. So it was was effectively you let, were let fired. Go. Fired.
2: Can you tell us what you'd done, or what
1: is it? <laughs> I wasn't good enough to keep okay. the the job. It was so the company I was working for. I'd started up a time critical division in logistics, and it, we had done well. Um, but the company overall was acquired by mm. a. Um, the the transport and logistics arm uh, of a large French car manufacturer. Synergies. Synergies. And... Mm. yeah, they, you know they chose that? someone else for, yeah. for, for my role as, as that went in.
0: Oh, that's not the name of the car
2: manufacturer. <laughs> no, no, no. You're as talking in, about that's why that was one of the words used when they fired you. When a company buys another company, they yeah. go, oh, wait, we've got... Lo-, Lots you know, of when synergies, like you getting
0: fired <laughs> because we've got another one of yours, when and the- his name's Barry. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. When the company's courting a company, it's synergies, and then once they book the company, it's redundancies.
0: Exactly. Yes. Did you take it personally?
1: Um, no. I think I learned from it. What did you learn? Look forward. And I've always had the the mindset that I never really regret anything that's happened because it brought me to where I am now. Um, so there's been bad experiences along the way. This was one of them. Uh, and just soldier on. And I think the department went from... Where we started to a better place by by the time I left, so so I know that I'd done a good job. Um, they just wanted someone else. Um, so you learn from that and try to keep that in mind with with what you do for the next job and make sure that you certainly are aligned with uh, with whoever is uh, managing you and your budget.
0: Do you um do we do as I get older, I believe more and more in fate. Do you do you believe in fate? The, the you said it at the start that you know one thing led to another and oh, destiny. Yeah, well, sorry, I've been watching too much Lost Kingdom. I would end up saying something a bit too controversial, but you know, many terrible things that I thought were terrible ended up being great. Like, yeah,
1: I, I don't think there's a there's such a thing really as fate and destiny. I, I'd like to think that I control where I you ultimately end your up. Own fate.
0: Well, you didn't, then, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got no, da Yeah, but but through through. Bad things that happen to you, you learn something, and you persevere. You have that in your in your rucksack right. as, as you proceed. Isn't
2: there that terrible try? I can't. I'm going to completely mangle it now. But it's something like when God closes a door. He opens a window. The devil day.
0: opens another sense. one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or three, just to get you just, Yeah. And um, then eventually, once you get through those, maybe you're going to window to jump out of, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've always I've always looked at it that um, if you get fired, it's bad in the moment. If you apply for a job and you don't get it, you are also upset if you're, mm-hmm. say, the last of two candidates and they go with someone else. You start questioning, well, what is it about me that I didn't get that job? But ultimately, it'll bring you to where you are now. and And... Hopefully, you like the life you have now. So, anything bad that's happened to you before, there's no point in regretting it.
0: Do you, um, you worked in Sierra Leone? Was that a sort of highlight in your career? Or was that like, God, I worked in Sierra Leone? I mean, what, how was it at the time? Or
1: I think it was, it was, yeah, a fantastic time in my career. Uh, I ended up spending a year and a half there.
0: Logistics in Sierra Leone. Yeah,
1: logistics for so we. I was working for a ship uh, agency company. So all the vessels that call in a port needs to be represented by an agent. So we did that for for a load of the ships coming into to Freetown port, and I did the logistics for them. So basically, providing them with uh, spare parts for their operations. It might have been uh, we helped them out with provisions for the crew. The company overall did crew changes when uh, a Ship that was at, at sea for a long time needed to change the crew they did that in, in Freetown with us, uh, and then we had local customers such as the iron ore mining business, and we had the, the local chapter of UNICEF that we were helping, um, so just doing all the the import export for them uh, in in Sierra Leone but it was a, it was an interesting place to go. Um, what, what year is this? This is 2013.
0: Is it at war right then?
1: No, it's five years after the UN troops had left um, from their peacekeeping mission. But... It was only a couple of years after Leonardo DiCaprio had done Blood Diamond, so That's everybody good, thought, I really
2: enjoyed
0: that. From, oh, was I that think? based on Sierra Leone Blood Diamond? Yeah. 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 Oh, it is in Sierra Leone. I have a very uh, close friend there who's moved there uh, now, and um, yeah, he's 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 just had a kid there and everything. But I hear magical things generally about Sierra Leone. It's like it's, I think it's
1: it's an interesting place. Um, I think it was, it, was, it was a tough place to work. I think it was a tough place to be professionally because as you were driving to and from the office, you would see the hardship in the streets. So you sort of had to, to close your eyes to that in order to do your job professionally. But at the same time, on the weekends, you you explored the country, you you saw what it had to offer, um, and you. I learned as much about myself as a person as I did uh, professionally. But it to work in such a tough environment is something that will accelerate your your growth and your your. Did you
0: have to stay in a um, secure compound kind of stuff, or um, you, you yeah?
1: Were... So the the company provided housing for us. Um, so. A few lived together in a villa in, in one part of town and, and the rest of us stayed in separate apartments in a gated community. Would you,
0: would you have like, you know, you go out for dinner, that like kind of normal yeah. life? Yeah. Okay,
1: We had a driver um, to take us around. Not necessarily, uh, certainly not for safety, but in terms of stuff happening to us, but more safety in terms of traveling on the roads. If there is an accident, it is much easier to deal with if it's a local that hit a local as opposed to an expat, Yeah. because then they start Money. going after the company rather than the the person.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: okay. So we had strict uh, requirements as to, as to what we could do. Okay. They had these motorcycle taxis, uh, which are Talk very to- uh, no, because they were you just grabbed onto the driver on the Fuck motorcycle. Off, on a yeah, motorcycle, yeah. sorry,
2: I, like what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's called a nokada in in Sierra Leone.
0: No way. Virgin tried to do it here. There was Virgin taxis. You'd get on a motorbike, get across London fast. And I had this business idea called Dala Hug. And what we put lovely big men who were really cuddly and we put them on fast motorbikes. And then when you're having a like one of those moments when you're crying in the street because your girlfriend's just letting up yeah. you press a button, and then, rah, they turn up 20 minutes, big bloke. Like, well, it might be a girl if it's I don't know. Whatever, but big hug. Bit of a cuddle. You get a cup of tea or a bit, you know, they'll take you somewhere quiet, have a bit of a chat, cup of tea, but, you know, very civil. And then they'll take you to your door of your house. They won't come in the house. There's no funny business. But you just dial a hug, you know? And if someone's in the shit, you could do it for someone else. Dial a hug, you know?
2: I'd totally pay for that.
0: Isn't it cool? You ride sort of cuddly motorbikes. You don't think it's going to work?
2: No, no. I think it... Well, it involved lots of
0: lawsuits. It's got the usual problems of a lot of my business ideas. Is It's rife to disaster. <laughs> you only need one dodgy bastard, you know. It's like um, hugging a little too strong, shall we say.
2: What do you find most misunderstood about
0: your business? Or well, being a boss?
1: I don't know that I find anything misunderstood um, about being in business. I think there are challenging things that... that you contact companies with the best intentions of helping them and, and obviously getting business mm. for yourself, but but you often get Contribute as one of these uh, hard sales, uh, yeah. just cold calling, and and it's very
2: pushy.
1: Yeah, very pushy and, and very tough to get in the UK.
2: We're not we're not particularly no. receptive to that kind no. of behaviour.
1: You prefer a, a pint in the pub and yeah. then, uh, then Where, we're, when, when we're ready.
0: <laughs> when we're ready. First of all, let's just chat a bit. You know, I'll say I'm interested, and you can just keep telling me what you do for a while. Yeah, we're uh, uh, Danes quicker. You guys kind of. You
1: know, no. I I think you're similar. I think you're similar to us. Every every country I've been to, it's it's. Very tough to do cold calling and, and oh, trying strong. to get a cold calling's cause, dead. Cause cold people, calling's dead. people just hate it, and now it's gone yeah. to cold emailing and cold LinkedIn, yeah, and, yeah. And, and all that stuff.
0: Well, I had another business idea, which is that you get a cold calling company, and you basically get them to ring up grannies, but you on purpose you get them to ring up your granny who you know is lonely and a bit, but on purpose you get really nice and you get them to chat to them and have a really nice chat. So they ring up, sort of, oh, are you interested in this? And then. You know, they give a bit of life story like, Oh, my wife's just left me and the nice late and then they become friends and then your granny tells you about it, but I've made this friend and you just keep paying for them to ring regularly. What's the hardest thing you do in your job?
1: Um, I think at the moment it's it's going out and getting uh, getting new business.
0: Hard for everyone.
1: Getting a lot of doors slammed in your face, getting a lot of nose and, and just keep going, keep grinding. Um, I think that's probably the toughest part of the business. How at do the moment. you
2: how do you drum up business? Do you literally sort of do you target particular companies and then cold call them, or how how's it um,
1: You you try to reach out uh, on on LinkedIn or, or emails to to people that you don't have a, an existing connection with. But I prefer to, and that's one of the benefits of now being in London is that I can establish a network. I can meet people who know people, who know people, and then use those uh, contacts to to get to people that are interesting customers for me, um, where you have a, a connection. So go into networking events, at, be it Chamber of commerces, go to expositions, um, all that stuff.
2: I think in the UK we do the whole know, like, and trust thing very well, actually. That kind of meet people at a networking event, chat get in touch afterwards, yeah. like, you know, that whole sort of, but it's just a long process in the UK. It's like you have to know somebody quite well before yeah. you introduce them to somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it, it is, um, I've I found good success with it, both in terms of, of the network that I have from my previous life, previous roles, previous uh, jobs. Some of those people have moved into positions where they're interesting for, for me to talk to. Um, and then networking events, uh, just going there, getting that awkward you uh, first conversation it's out. It's just
2: growing your network, isn't it? Because yeah. you genuinely don't know when somebody's going to go, oh, actually, I met somebody yesterday who's really looking for some help with BAT across Europe.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I do reach out to companies, even if it's through a LinkedIn connection or if it's through someone referring someone, um, it's all about timing, being there at the right time. So. People that I talk to, there might be a hundred that I talk to and two of them are looking for my services now. Five of them were, but have already gone past. And, and the rest, you just need to stay top of mind when, when it comes yeah. time for them but to you make a decision. Get, I
2: mean, I got called a couple of weeks ago by somebody I spoke to five years ago and he was like, oh, do you remember me? I was like, oh, yeah. I hate that. He's probably listening to this now. I did remember you, honest, but you know, you never, you genuinely never know. But it is exhausting, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and it's. I mix it in with with a lot of other things in, in my job. But yeah, it is. It is tough, and it is tough being told no, and it is tough to oh, it's it's not the right time. Call back later, which is a nice way of which saying no. Which is a no. fob off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it it it's tough, but I've got a, a good team behind me with with the Dutch organization supporting me operationally, and and there's a sales team. We interact and and share. Positive experiences. Um, sometimes I'll come up with a thing that will help them, uh, and and vice versa. So uh, so it's all about keeping the the positive flow.
2: How have you found it coming out of COVID? Because I think for a lot of us, I mean, I'm possibly only speaking for myself right now, but COVID was amazing because suddenly there were no networking events, there were no oh. drinks, things, no no talks on no workshops guilt. on things that you had to go to, and it was amazing. But getting back into it after COVID, I found quite hard.
1: I would say my experience is is the opposite. But again, I think you're probably splitting people, if not 50-50, then Mm -hmm. 60-40, where people like you loved uh, no networking events and and you could stay at home in your jammies and and just relax. Um, Now, where life is returning, there's a lot of people that have been itching to get out. So you see a lot of these networking Mm -hmm. events, a lot of these expos, Mm -hmm. they're full. Because people want to get out there, whether it's to, to just get out among people or to, to, to go. I think I was in the Netherlands when when the reopening happened after the lockdowns and everybody wanted to go out and, and have a drink. Even people that weren't necessarily drinking or, or wanted to. It was just being among people yeah. again, being able to, to live a normal life that we had before.
2: And to be fair, I do a once a month lunch women in business network it's called with a load of other women in business and during covid it was all online and when it ended the woman that runs it said you know to all of us i'm assuming it's easier for everybody if we just keep it online and everybody just went no fuck off we want to get in a room and have lunch together Oh my god (laughs) like what the hell
0: and now a quick word from our sponsor Clark got its start back in 1935. And while the world has changed a bit, it's more than just survived. From complying with the FCA and all things financy, they can also speak fluently in the language of legalese. Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK. And now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way. Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935.
2: Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat.
0: What are you most excited about for your business? Uh, I think, well, sort of
1: idealistic, changing the, uh, the, the trade landscape in, in the UK after Brexit, or at least helping make that transformation
0: if people aren't aware, we've basically waived a lot of our paperwork for a long time. Europe implemented it and we just went, fuck, there's going to be nothing on the shelves.
2: You're now convinced that nobody knows what Brexit is, right?
0: Yeah, I've got to that point. <laughs> if you're in Europe or else, other, you don't understand what happened here. We left, you know, and we left the customs union, you know. And so it's a paperwork mess out there, but you think you can help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think... um. The UK, as you said, have waived a lot of the requirements and have made it very lenient to, to continue importing and, and get started for companies, but there there comes a day yeah. when, it, when I, you have to report. It keeps coming and they
0: keep delaying it. You and know. if you
1: didn't have a process before and you have lived in a world where, where requirements have been waived, you're probably going to struggle more once that day of reckoning comes where you, where you need to file and you need to say, well, we did this, we did this.
0: And the funny thing is people are like, God, you're just opening yourself up for drug dealers. People could be bringing anything in from Europe and it's like, yep, just like before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing changed.
2: So if you could change anything in the world, what would you change?
1: <laughs> nice, nice big question. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's um, I, I thought about this and... I think increasing the overall understanding of other people, other cultures, other religions, I think that would lead to a more harmonious world, not necessarily world peace because we're human after all. And, and I
2: feel like this question always gets kind of Miss World answers.
0: It's good though. Like,
2: or Miss USA or whatever.
1: But I think having lived in Africa, having yeah. been in Canada where it was part of an exchange program, so there were people from from all over the world, from Asia, from South Africa, Oceanics, um, traveled a lot through, through my work in, in Africa and the Middle East. I think having that understanding is, helps me in, in yeah. all of my dealings. And I think there's a, there's a large part of the population in any country that don't get to travel enough and don't get to see anything outside their own little town. Um, looking at what, in the grand scheme of things, are mirror images of themselves, and and that polarizes everyone.
0: How do we how do we fix it though? What do we do? I, like ship I've, everyone around, or fly them all around. If I had everybody that, everybody has
2: to move town every two years. <laughs> well, it's a bit like the um, to another country. Yeah,
0: you know, you you meet people and you think, God, you you should go and live in Sierra Leone for a year, and you know, you, you people who don't think, you know, they're, they're like, uh, I don't know, whatever. So you, yeah, maybe we all just swap around, or maybe
2: everybody gets to normal nominate like everybody everybody gets given a person and you nominate what country they have to go
0: to oh you know it's that french exchange that's what we could do do you remember yeah. we used to swap someone with a yeah. frenchman we so had some weird out, bloke. it didn't we had some weird blokes sit in our garden for a week smoking <laughs> cigarettes
2: my my eldest cousin did a french exchange with a family that makes champagne <sighs> in eponet in france and it's kept me in champagne ever
0: since cuz oh it's
2: one the only successful not, french exchange sh- you I've You think the
0: champagne people would say we're only dealing with the whiskey people you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> this find is a long
2: for- beverage that we can swap with yeah yeah
0: no uh, i think it's uh, mm-hmm. i think it's good any kind
1: of exchange is good whether it's a business exchange or or, or what it might be
2: cultural exchange
0: yeah
1: yeah cultural exchange
0: yeah. look at me <laughs> booze hippie. exchange what uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given
1: it's hard to remember specific advice. You can do it's, it in
0: Danish though. You know, just Okay, so.
1: then no. <laughs> um, no, I think what, what probably stuck with me was when I went on Youth Exchange, it was through this organization called Rotary. Um, and they told all of us exchange students back then that, that you should make sure you brought your RPS, so your Rotary Plastic Smile. So no matter what comes at you, you smile it endears you to, to the people around you. And, and even if you have a bad experience, you're being asked to eat something horrendous that's, that's tradition for that country.
0: You say, mmm, it's lovely.
2: Tyra Banks would tell you it doesn't work unless you smile with your eyes as well.
0: Yeah, it's the creases around the eyes. Smizing, Smizing. according
2: to Tyra. But you know, smi- so
1: maybe it's the RPSE. RPSE, yeah, R-P-S-E. Yeah, yeah. very good.
0: And uh, smiling is um, people wonder what you're smiling about. People feel, feel sort of um, you know I'm almost jealous of it. It's like, well, what was he smiling about?
1: Yeah, I think you can do it at multiple levels. You don't need to show all your teeth and, no, and smile like teeth. a lunatic, but yeah. but just have a general <laughs> positive uh, demeanor.
0: No. No joker laughs like my co-host is <laughs> illustrating them. Yeah. So be And the rotary always confused me as a um, no. Quite right to give me the finger. No, it's just I just forgot <laughs> I was being videoed. At just that to point. let everyone know, Pippa has given me the finger <laughs> after several podcasts. She's like, but rotary is a fascinating organisation in itself. Um, yeah. What the hell is it?
1: Business leaders uh, in the local community that that come together for these. Sort of networking, um,
0: similar to Alliance Club. Um, but they're always trying to help people. Rotary. It's always that like, oh, yeah. for the Rotary, we were feeding people or doing something. They always have. Is um, it the same in every country? It's they everywhere. Have it's got. A- it's got the um, wheel, hasn't it? It's a. It's yes. a Sail yeah. wheel or something. Uh, the. It's
1: the. Um, the
0: word oh, Cogs. Like a cog. Cogs. Cogs. Oh, I always yes. thought it was a um, nautical, you know... No, no it's a cog, so a cog, everything yeah, fits together. Sense. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I always thought, what's the... I thought Rotary's has obviously got this naval past or <laughs> something. No naval past. No,
1: so they'll, they'll always have a, an overarching global target or global... Mm. Um, it's huge organisation. ...NGO sort of, uh, yeah, whatever they're, they're collecting for. But they'll also have local um, mm. benefits that they're trying to do, so... Yeah, they uh, initially came to me when, uh, when they were looking for people to send out. And, and after that, my dad became a member. So I've, I've so spent, they spent some time So they just kind them.
2: of cold came to you and said, we're looking for people.
1: They cold came to my school because that school had provided students to them before. Uh, and and that ended up uh, being... uh, International
0: Chief of Edinburgh. This is impressive. I had to look it up. Rotary International is a humanitarian service organisation which brings together business and professional leaders in order to provide community services, integrity and goodwill. How many member clubs are there worldwide? Now you get a big double prize for this. Worldwide, we got what, 300 countries, but 100 of them we don't know what they are. So a couple Mm -hmm. of hundred countries.
2: I'm going to go with... 12,000
0: Oh I'd go a
1: lot higher I'd probably go close to half a million
0: Okay 46,000 member clubs
2: Okay so I'm closer than you are But
0: you were talking about members perhaps How many members do you think there are of the Rotary Club? Oh
2: well several million
0: Yeah yeah, Not bad Any Um, advancement? then? 1.4 million members. I'll put you out of your misery.
2: Several's too. 1.4 million divided
0: um, by 46,000 means there's 12 people in now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's mad. That is one big fucking club. And look at that. That is a cog. That is not a serial. Their
1: their global project for years has been to eradicate (laughs) polio from from the face of the earth.
0: Oh, we're Bill Gates. (laughs) I wonder if he's a member. He must be. Probably. I'd definitely
1: say it's, it's more of an older man. Yeah. club than perhaps... Older person,
0: I believe, is the... Uh, um, true, yeah, true,
1: true.
2: Know. Or is Older it like individual. the
0: Masons and Older they don't individual. let women in?
1: No, no, they do let women in. Um.
0: <laughs> do women not allowed in the Masons?
2: No, they're fucking not. Don't get me started on that. Otherwise, we'll be here Let's for get quite a long time.
0: Really? I never yeah. noticed that. Is it's yeah. no, not the Masonettes?
2: No, there is a separate thing that you can join as a woman that's sort of affiliated with the Masons, but you'd be polluting the world of Masonry if... if as a lady, you were allowed at a Mason's meeting. Um, they have events where the wives of members can go. It's very generous of them.
0: Final question on Rotary. This is for a 1,000 million points. Uh, which country and which city was the Rotary Club invented and in what year?
2: Country and city.
0: Country, city, and year. Come on. Hands on buzzers. You can guess any of those and I'll make well, noises. Well, it's got an
2: English name, so...
1: Something tells me it's Columbus, Ohio.
2: Oh,
0: you're getting close. It is America. Okay,
2: in that case, I get a go-to. Begins with a Um, C, the city. I can't think of any cities in America that begin. Don't, um, Chicago. Yes,
0: well done. (laughs) In, in... What year?
2: I'm going to go with 1922.
0: 1905, February twenty-third. Anyway, Fine. very right. we all learn about that. Isn't that wonderful? Top
2: three reads, cods, music, whatever you wanna do um, a top
0: three of.
1: Yeah, podcast, I think. That's that's good. what I'm most I into like at podcasts, the moment. Dave. So i do a, a Danish one that's gonna mean nothing to you. Oh tell
2: um, us an the it anyway, it. it'll be entertaining. But
1: it's it's called Yeah, Gortegot. It's uh, these two uh, ex-journalists. What does um, that mean? Uh, we're doing well here.
2: Essentially.
0: We're doing well here. Yeah. Here, good, got. Here, good, got. Here, go de got. Here, good. Do get you please go. stop mangling <laughs> the Danish language? Stop interrupting when I'm mangling someone else's language. But it's anyway.
1: two uh, two journalists that did radio, and and now they do sort of uh, bi-weekly updates on on current events and and take their their take on on nice. the world. Funny. Very funny. Very funny. Um, then, being a golf uh,
0: enthusiast,
1: yeah. I was going to say addict, but yeah, let's go with enthusiasts. There's a, there's a few, but I think the one I listened to most recently is, is Rick Shields, one of the the YouTube guys that has a, a podcast. Uh, and then finally, the Dollop, uh, a dollop. US. I um, listened
2: to the Dollop for quite a while, is but no I dollop just of it's a, a little bit.
1: It's a American history podcast yeah. done by two
0: comedians. It's
2: kind of irreverent. Okay. And a little bit not irreverent.
0: N- mean doesn't give a fuck.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit not too, not enough history for me. <laughs> a bit okay. too much comedy.
1: Yeah, it's basically one guy that that reads up on a on on a historical event or a historical person, and then
0: tells the other one.
1: And then the other one doesn't know anything, so he baits him into certain reactions. Okay. And,
0: oh, irreverent means sort of frothy.
2: It means yeah, it more, means not cheeky. enough trousers.
1: Cheeky, cheeky. right.
2: But um, yeah, no,
0: I quite like it
1: Yeah, it gives a little bit of historical context And you can read up on, on some of the stories you want yourself
0: Okay, so that brings us to our favourite part of the show The business versus bullshit Quick, far-round, DQ the music This is where we're going to reel off a list of key terms And you have to tell us whether you think it is business or bullshit Dan, are you ready?
1: Yes, go for it
2: Diversity quotas.
1: Bullshit In terms of Good correct You shouldn't Ding. You shouldn't quote. Put quotas on things You just right. hire Whoever is more right. qualified But Diversity is a good thing Obviously
2: What if, if I'm just You know What if as a man You always think The man is more qualified
1: Then Potentially there's Something wrong with you <laughs>
0: <Hang> on. <laughs> But once you get One woman in They'll think the same Then they keep hiring women And eventually we're... That's fine Yeah that's good uh, stand up meetings.
1: Bullshit. I did a load of them at Uber and they don't take.
0: Do you do, you do them at Uber? I've never done one. What's Does it, it like? Just make your they team go into a room without a table. What
1: happens? Well, so we did. We called them stand ups, but everyone sat down, so they didn't work. <laughs> and I think that's what most people do. I, they take as long as any any other meeting. But that's
0: also, what they call at Uber. They call stand up, and you go in a room and you sit down.
1: Some meetings are called a stand up, and then everyone sits in their individual room because it's multinational meetings and, on uh, Zoom. So yeah.
2: you can't prove that you're standing up anyway.
1: No.
2: Um, caffeine.
1: For me, bullshit because I don't drink coffee.
0: I'm so liking mm, this. This is three bullshit. Bullshit.
2: Bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. This is fuck this shit.
0: I am. I am. Uh, meeting agendas. Uh, business. Okay, okay. we have swapped him there. <laughs> you could have got bullshit there. I think. Hour-long yeah.
2: meetings
0: bullshit you, you don't get
1: yeah at a certain point you don't achieve anything else than set it for another day
2: i if always think town meetings are quite short
0: yeah i know what you mean that's a lawyer <laughs> but talking, i'm a lawyer yeah office dogs business business
1: yeah. yeah i've had that in a lot of places and it's gives you that break to go and cuddle a dog while nice. you're while you're while you're busy
2: um carbon credits
1: bullshit, bullshit yeah, yeah. I think yeah do you even know what you're offsetting do you know what they're actually Mm -hmm. doing with it or is it just money you give into something that goes somewhere else
0: swearing in meetings
1: bullshit you should never get that rowed up then you can't have a sensible conversation
0: I love it when you reply with a swear word
2: what happens
0: (laughs) in a meeting what What happens
2: if you just swear during normal conversation because I find it very hard
1: not to. It problem. depends what that conversation is. If it's just a random pub conversation, then yeah, it's going to come up all the time.
2: Uh, pub lunches.
1: Uh, I think that's good. As long as it's kept business. Sorry. With office. a meeting
0: agenda and an office dog.
1: <laughs> dog, pub lunch. <laughs> exactly. Now, not all the time, but they're, they're good at a certain times.
0: B Corps. Know what a B Corp is,
1: yeah. I've sort of heard
0: of it. American, yeah. uh, idea about how to run your company, you know. It, it may be because in I don't know manner. enough of it, but I'll say, bullshit. okay, okay. very good.
2: Non disclosure agreements,
1: um, needed for business, but do you ever know what's in them?
2: So, biz, shit, yeah, basically. yeah, biz,
0: yeah. Shit. um, unlimited holidays or vacations, as the Americans like to say, um,
1: we don't. Having lived with it, business.
0: Have you done
2: it?
1: It was the Uber. You Uber. It? Yeah. We haven't discussed Uber did enough. Did you? Did you
2: take like? enough holiday? So that's we didn't have it
1: because I was in
2: okay.
1: rigorously uh, controlled European. European country. But in the U.S., it was unlimited holiday. But people didn't. People took it occasionally, but not as much as they should.
2: LinkedIn.
0: Business. Well done, LinkedIn. You're doing very well these days, but you the tide you will put it back on the list. The tide will turn in a few years when you become a Facebook uh, formal work clothes. bullshit. Excellent. That's the end of the quick, far round.
2: So this is where we give you thirty seconds to pitch your company, your podcast, your book, whatever you like. Off you go. go.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, Pink Vision is your number one trade compliance partner and leave your tw- trade compliance worries to us and you can focus on growing your business.
2: That's a lot less than 30 12, seconds. 12
0: seconds. What do you want That's... to do with the rest of it? <laughs> um, tell us bit. Is golf your favorite No it's okay.
2: <laughs> so if, if they want to, if listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you?
1: Um, they can find me on our website, Pink with the uh, com. Um, or on LinkedIn, Dan Ibsen. Uh, I'm more than happy to to have a conversation with with people.
0: Don't misspell it with the K. You may be in trouble with the pink vision. But anyway, um, so there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you to Dan for joining us. Thank you to you, Pippa, my co-host. A big thank you to you, dear listener. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Until next time, it's ciao.